Welcome to Evolving Hollywood, where seekers and practitioners in the entertainment industry explore the depth behind the lights. In this episode, Jason sits down with his co-founder, James Wagner, to learn a bit about his transformational background, work in the industry, and passion for his art. Welcome to our first official episode of Evolving Hollywood. I'm Jason Lang, and I'm here with my co-founder, James Wagner. How's it going today, James? How you doing? Doing well. I'm excited to uh, excited we're finally doing this. It's something you and I have been talking about for literally years. Yep. 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 Yeah. No, me too, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and I think it's a good, solid idea, and uh, may it may it bring lots of goodness to lots of suffering beings in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I love that. Yeah. And yeah, I wanted so I wanted to kick off our. Uh, our first of two episodes with just an opportunity for um, our listeners to get to know us, you know, as we, before we step out and start interviewing and connecting with other people out there, mm-hmm. thought it'd be really cool um, to just interview each other and kind of get to know each other's stories a little bit. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, you know, I'm down for that. We've agreed to do this. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, also, I, you know, I'm aware that like I also kind of hate this kind of thing, you know, like at, at another level, like talking about myself a lot, especially in a really public forum is a is a kind of awkward thing. So, yeah, uh, but, you know, I, I am willing and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, partially just because it's only fair if I'm going to interview the heck out of other people, I might as well. I, I, I better walk through the fire first myself, I guess. Yeah. Um, great. Well, thank you for being willing to step into this. Yeah, man. Of course. Yeah, of course. There's another part of me that's excited about it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And loves the attention and you know, <laughs> kind of mumbo jumbo. But, uh, um, so yeah, I guess first off, why don't we just start with kind of some basic information and just like maybe if you could kind of outline your um, kind of how you're involved in the entertainment industry. Uh, yeah, I, it's, that's interesting. Cause I think even the term entertainment industry sometimes ruffles my feathers. <laughs> uh, I have a good friend that I've made a couple of films with, uh, and he, you know, he definitely is more on like the hardcore pure artist side, which leaves uh-huh. him frankly not making a lot of money doing it you know uh, I, i've mentioned to you before he makes a, a feature film every year and they're very low budgets and but i i uh i he has a healthy disdain i think for the <laughs> you know, entertainment industry and and i have i i struggle with that also um i think uh you know i guess i identify more with my interest in the in the creative process and the art part of it you know which doesn't always merge with the commerce mm-hmm. um, but you know like i guess all that to to prelude that you know i'm an actor that's what i do and and i am living in los angeles so obviously i came here in large part because <laughs> this is where this is the super bowl of the acting world you know um in terms of the business side of things so um that, that's what i'm here and that's what i do yeah, and I mean, I guess specifically then, you know, 
having just presenced you're most interested in like the art like what what was it about acting though that pulled you to that art form as opposed to because there's a lot of different types of art that you could have you know gotten involved in in terms of the creative process yeah well uh, i mean on some level it's just like fate and circumstance you know like there wasn't like most of the universe it's not like something i consciously you know, evaluated and made a, a real specific decision. I was, um, you know, my brother, I, how did I get in? You know, I was just sort of like when I was in sixth grade, I was in the school play and, um, you know, altered state kind of experience. I don't know how, why I was interested in it. Don't have any idea. I barely remember. I mean, I remember people telling me about the performance afterwards, but I literally have no memory of it, you know? Um, and then my brother did acting in high school and, you know, I looked up to him and his friends and so I got involved in it, you know, and it was a place where I felt at home, I think in a lot of ways. So yeah, I, I you know, looking back on like the motivation, obviously there was like, I got attention and approval and that was, and which I equated with love. And that was something I was looking for, obviously. Um, and I think a lot of actors fall into that, but, uh, I think another major thing for me was that the the drama program at the high school where I went to was incredible. Um, mm. just incredible. I mean, the woman who ran it, um, Barbara Van Holt, I'll give a little shout out to her cause she was just incredible. She affected her students' lives deeply and she created an environment that was a profound, uh, experience. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it, you know, for me, I think I was always looking for a safe place, a place where that could feel like home, a place where I could be myself. And, um, and I didn't have that really in my experience prior to <clears throat> now. I didn't, I, I didn't manage to sustain it. And you know, I, I ended up, uh, uh, kind of imploding around my high school drama experience eventually. But, but it was, it was still left a mark on me, you know, and, um, and it's something I kept coming back to, I think in a lot of ways to find that sense of family and that sense of intimacy and closeness and belonging and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like it served multiple functions for you in terms of creative and just belonging needs. Even. Yeah. Yeah. And rude awakening when you get into the professional world and it's not, <laughs> it's not quite that you're still looking for your family and it's, you know, it's not true. I mean, it's, you know, you can find those people and you, you do fight, find your tribe as it were, your professional tribe and the people that feel like you're, your people. But, um, but a lot of it obviously is not like that. A lot of it is just business and, and very impersonal in a lot of ways. So, yeah. And you know, that even reminds me of, it's one of the things that has attracted me to, um, the film industry. And I know there's some crossover in theater as well of just like the, when a performance happens or a film happens, like that intimacy, that family, that kind of builds behind the scenes and in the set and in the production, like is something I really love myself. Mm. Um, particularly when it's with people I really resonate with and, you know, have that deeper kind of connection with, like I've only had a few really amazing experiences of that, but they've been enough where it's like, Oh, I want more of that. Yeah. Which again is part of even our inspiration for cultivating this community in this podcast of like, dude, let's find our tribe. Like, right. Like if we're going to yeah. spend 12 to 16 hours on a set or weeks in a theater production, like might as well be with people like 
we really want to be around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Life's too short, and then this really doesn't pay well enough to, <laughs> yeah. to, to do it for other reasons. Yeah, um, that was another thing. I the the, the filmmaker that I'll, I'll give a shout out to him too, Antero Ali, um, who's an indie filmmaker who was in San Francisco and now is in Portland, but. He really, you know, he was big on like doing it for love. Like he just, he wanted to love the people he worked with, mm. you know, like he told me that once, at least that's what I understood from what he said. <laughs> I don't want to quote him exactly, but, um, it's like, yeah, if, if you don't have that, if you don't like love working with, if you don't love the people you're working with, like what's, what the heck, you know, life's too short. So anyway, that's, you know, an aspiration to have more and more of that in my life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so with acting, yeah, it's interesting what's coming up for me is I have a very open-ended question for you. Okay. And it's just like, what do you love about it? Now? Yeah, like what? what is it you lo- that ha- keeps you in this world and in this work and, you know, making the choices you're making? That's a good question. Nothing. No, Uh, (laughs) no, no, I love it. I think, you know, I think a big piece of it for me now, like I think it's interesting to watch our motivations. Like you were saying, there were multiple motivations when I started out and, and they're sort of developmentally appropriate, you know, for that age Mm -hmm. and you know, who I was and all that kind of stuff. But then I think as we grow, then our motivations for doing something either have to evolve with us or we let something go because we change and we, we get drawn to something else. And I've continued to renew my membership, as it were, as an actor. Uh, my commitment, I've, been, I've continued my commitment because I think, that, you know, a big one for me these days is, you know, we both did all that interroll stuff with Ken Wilber and all the integral practice so that that worldview is a big part of just who I am now and that way of approaching myself and my life in terms of like an integrative approach to, to transformation, my own personal evolution or growth or whatever. And there are, you know, and I also just happened to be an actor when I came across that stuff and it just happens to merge well. Well, you know, as an actor, I have to deal with this my awareness in my body and I have to work with my body and I have to work with my emotion, emotional life and my interpersonal relationships. And, and I have to dig into the thought life of a person and the subtle, the subtle, the subtle, even unconscious or super conscious motivations that draw people through life and through the major events of their lives. And, um, so I like that aspect of it, that it requires like all levels of my being in order to do them, to do it. Mm, yeah. Uh, and I often say like when I'm acting, especially if I'm like approaching my work in the right way, I'm just a better person. I'm a better person when I'm working on a show than when I'm not working on a show, like just because of the context and what, what I have to do to be available for performance, uh, just makes me a better person in my life. So I feel like that's a damn good reason to do something these days. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I noticed I just kind of lit up even hearing you talk about that, like, and f- really felt, got a sense of a different side of you that I've known you for a long time. And just to have it <laughs> expressed that clearly uh-huh. um, felt really good. That's cool. Really inspiring. And yeah, yeah what a cool, um, 
Yeah, right. It, it seems like, I mean, I'm not an actor, but you know, I work with actors, and it it just seems like even from my side of the kind of street, like more than a lot of art forms, it is inherently like transformational. Because I mean, you're like literally becoming someone else. And, you know, and in the process of that, it's like taking on a new identity, taking on a new perspective, um, being able to locate those emotions or experiences somewhat in your own life. So you can kind of have that shared, you know, like to know what it feels like to be angry or sad or something and then map it on. To, uh, just seems so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it like, is. And it uh, is. Yeah, like that is a, you know, I guess in in some ways that is a transformational path in its own right um, that, you know, maybe isn't as highlighted as much these days now that it, it has kind of been focused more on a business, but there's a well, long I mean, lineage. Yeah. Of like, yeah, and well, I mean, that's like my whole point. I mean, that's in many ways, my, my whole purpose or message is to make that more overt, you know, like I, a lot of that is side effect or it sort of happens for people, but to like really make it a conscious intention in, in, the, in terms of the way that I work has been an important part of the process for me. Um, and, uh, and cause it's, it, it can happen, like I said, haphazardly, but it's not going to, it's not automatic, you know, it's not in, it's not necessarily inherent to the form. Um, like anything else, Motivation and intention makes all the di difference or consciousness makes all the difference. And so I can take something like my acting and actually make it quite a polluted, degrading process. Mm. You know, like I can actually use it to, to, to destroy and indulge myself and like really kind of shit on the world around me. I can do that. I'm, I'm still like technically I'm still an actor, but, you know, like it can be a real toxic thing. Um, depending on how I'm being and the way that I approach it, you know, or what my intentions are. And, and I believe that, um, vice versa, anything I'm doing can become my, they say like your, your Dharma, you know, you can, it can become your, your path. You can make it that if you're, if you're like, I, I remember meeting a guy, um, who did like Indian Mexican fusion food in Mill Valley somewhere or, or Sausalito. And it was like, totally his dharma you know like he was making that kind of cooking and serving food to people was absolutely his way of walking his path you know yeah that feels so good i really like yes there's there are things that are inherent to acting that like lend themselves to transformational work and um anything can be a vessel you know i, I think. yeah so um and i mean but Kind of digging into that more, I'd be curious to hear about, I mean, you spent, I, I don't even know how many years, um, like really digging into this concept though, right? Yeah. Um, would you be willing to share a little bit about that? And Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know how, like I did, I think you're referring to the PhD research I did. Yeah. I was at California Institute of Integral Studies and it was funded by the Esalen Institute and Michael Murphy. And so, it, um and it was exploring, uh, I guess, most specifically supernormal functioning in actors, which is a Michael Murphy term, and that's part of why he gave me funding. But it has to do with, I really, I, I kind of the way I describe it is, I was looking at acting methods or pedagogies and uh, where they overlap with spiritual and transformative practices, um, <clears throat> and uh, where that began, I don't know. I mean, I was like always kind of interested in 
I can't remember. I think I was reading like spirituals books in high school that I recall, like a book about synchronicity and about, you know, <laughs> I remember getting really jazzed about like, uh, you know, consciousness and like wave, wave patterns versus particles and like giving some report on it in high school. <laughs> being like you guys, Oh my God, this is consciousness changes the thing that's, you know, observed and getting off on that stuff. So I don't know really where it began or even reading like Celestine prophecy, like in my first year in high school, college while I was starting my acting training. And so it was always kind of, they were always kind of concurrent threads, you know, um, but, you know, I, in terms of formal training, I did a Bachelor of Fine Arts at the University of California at Santa Barbara, which is sort of conservatory style, studio style acting training and should be a terminal degree. All, all my degrees, all three of them should be terminal, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> then I went on a t years later to an MFA at uh, the American Conservatory Theater, which was same um, I would guess a more refined or advanced version of the same thing. And then I did the PhD, um, at California Institute of Integral Studies. And so, uh, and I've continued to work as an actor and teach. And so I've continued to develop whatever techniques or whatever ideas I had that I developed through the research as a teacher and as an actor. Um, so yeah, that's been, I guess if you count like high school, it's been what, 20 years or so of this. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sniffing, sniffing out the trail, you know, tracking it down. And I feel like there's still, you know, it's been cool because you meet people along the way that are further down the path and you go, wow, there's still so much, um, so much exploration that can, you know, it's an endless rabbit hole, which is wonderful. Yeah. yeah a lifetime. Yep. Lifetime, multiple lifetimes work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a good Buddhist, you know, you got to find like a, Find a project that's going to take you at least, you know, hundred yeah. or so lifetimes <laughs> to accomplish. If, it, if it's going to take you one, it's too easy, you know, too too simple. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, my curiosity now kind of goes towards, obviously, there's the acting pieces and your work in that. But in terms of the kind of transformational part of your interests in your life like what what are you into what are your practices or what do you engage with regularly that you find you know impacts your life it's so it's so hard to pin things down because it's been such a smorgasbord smorgasbord over the year you know such a cornucopia of practices over the years of things i've tried and um currently um you know, I, the, the creative work is a big part of my practice. I, you know, the, the, I guess the, the honest answer is like everything is practice. Mm. You know, like everything is practice. Um, depending on the moment, I'm practicing something else. You know, but if I were to refine that a little bit, and I try to bring a certain level of consciousness and intention, and I, I try to bring a developmental lens to like every aspect of my life. Um, you know, but the, in terms of like formal practices, I guess I've, I've recently returned to uh, Tibetan Buddhist meditation practice uh, and a community that I've been involved with there that I, I took refuge vows in, I don't know, 10, 10 years ago plus. Um, 
I have also been exploring going back to church because I really feel like kind of a Christian Buddhist, (laughs) (laughs) which I would say is like adjective noun, you know, like, uh, formally I'm Buddhism is the only thing, but I really feel like both the theistic and non-theistic approaches like feel incomplete without the other for me. Or like, I just have moments where I'm like, ugh, I need a, I need a, I need a theistic (laughs) experience. And then other times I'm like, I can't believe in that bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't buy it for a second. I need the like pure, no nonsense, non-theistic, you know? So I, and I, I just genuinely bounce back and forth and I get a lot out of both of them. Like it's Christmas Mm. time and I fucking love Christmas and Christmas was a huge part of like, the spirit of Christmas was something that profoundly impacted me growing up and uh, was like a, an anchor point. So, you know, that's like, I guess on the purely spiritual level. And then like, um, from an inter- integral practice standpoint, which is, we both come from like physically yoga, basketball, a little bit of weightlifting again recently, which I used to do a lot of, um, hiking, trying to get onto nature, that sort of thing. So just trying to take care of the physical vessel, dietary changes. I've recently let go of caffeine. Yeah. Kind of living that clean, pure, <laughs> clean, clean and pure life right now. You know, eating most, mostly vegetarian, not eating flour and sugar. And I have found like these little diet, like dietary disciplines, um, giving up certain things related to diet and simplifying and refining diet has been an amazing part of my path in the last couple of years. Yeah. But, I have to say, not out of context of trying to do it um, purely as a diet uh, or a vanity thing. It's been very different because I've been doing it in the context of spiritual practice, um, so that the the dietary changes are actually part of a spiritual discipline, and that's yeah. been a big big shift for me for me from kind of self willed, uh, like I said, vain. Uh, obsessive diet adjustments that I used to do. Um, and then a lot of like, um, you know, involved in some community stuff where it's like, I really have to be, uh, a lot of writing and self-reflection and then taking that out into, you know, regular contact with people in spiritual community, other practitioners, um, other people who are working on themselves. And that means like I call people daily who are also in like, in my communities and I, uh, I go meet with them on a regular basis and I have people who uh, are guiding me through my, my own transformational transformative process. <laughs> I've done a lot of therapy and that kind of stuff. I don't do it anymore. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a rough overview. It's yeah. a good know? spread. Yeah. It's like you <laughs> dip your toes in a lot of waters and, yeah, yeah. Done the uh, as we like to say the the cross training. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's if I'm leaving anything out. You know, it's like body, mind, emotions, spirit, and then in community and and to some degree in in environment. You know, nature, and I I think I hit most of those um, pretty consistently. So, and I'm curious, you know, at different, I guess, really just if any specific periods come to mind, but are there any times you can remember where you could feel the impact of your practices in your art, in your acting, in your creative work? God, I guess it just became, you know, I think 
I don't feel like a superhero with any of this, you know, like I think I came in as a cripple. So like I don't come to the work because I mean, I guess for a period of time I had a certain amount of arrogance or like self-delusion and I, I was really coming to it from a like, oh, I really want to be an extraordinary person of some kind. But I really think now in many ways I do all this work just to be a just a person. I just mm-hmm. try to I do most of it just so I'm not kind of a controlling asshole, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> like a controlling, ungrateful, you know, negative jerk, you know, so. Like in many ways, all of this practice is just to kind of be normal and healthy and, and available to life for me. And so, you know, I guess the way I notice it is like I go into rehearsal hall and it's like, I'm not, I don't, I have, I experience more joy or I experience less, you know, less suffering. I I feel less uptight. I feel less fear. I feel, you know, and things just sort of unfold a little more naturally and organically and, um, I experience more gratitude or whatever and more co- sense of collaboration, which is not always easy for me. Um, I can get my feathers ruffled pretty easily. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think like in a lot of ways that it's it's almost like an absence. I notice mm-hmm. it by an absence of something rather than like, oh, here's like some fireworks. It's almost like oh, everything's just kind of cool and just like happening and it, there's a kind of grace to it rather than um, like, like, a, you know, like a big flashy something happening. You know, it's not like that. Although that stuff does come occasionally, but again, it's just sort of, it arrives, it's more organic. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if there were anything that feels kind of like exceptional to me in terms of my practice, I did a lot of work, intensely physical work called... Uh, paratheatrical work. It's sort of ritual theater work. It's based on Grotowski's work. Who, people who know theater might know him, uh, probably will know him. Uh, and that, that's, that was probably the profoundest effect in terms of bridging the spirit, my spiritual life and my, and my acting, especially on stage. Um, and that brought a sense of like ritual and, uh, surrender and like, uh, something truly deeply mysterious and like, really like profound altered states of like inspiration or creative absorption that I just didn't have before I did that, that particular body of work. Um, and it has to do with the energy body, you know, massaging and opening and the energetic body. It has to do with contacting, I would guess you would call it archetypes or more subtle forms and how they become present during performance and, and having awareness related to that. Um, cultivating receptivity through meditation or what they call no form in that, in that way of working. Wow. So, so there's a lot less of my own preconceived ideas, you know, or, or it's like my little will trying to control it and a lot more openness to something greater than myself happening. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the thought or phrase or kind of image that I had coming up as you shared all that was just this feeling of like spaciousness yeah. of, uh, you know, being able to arrive on set or uh, on stage, you know, because of your practices somewhat, it's like just with a little bit more spaciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I'm imagining from that place, like it's a much more open way of experiencing just like what's about to happen, being open to the moment and co-creating and 
it, yeah, it sounds nice. It sounds nice to work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also think there is this like more subtle realm of of experience or energetic, however you want to call it, um, that that like some people aren't physically aware of their own body. Like they go in to do hatha yoga and they're like, oh, I didn't even know that my back was or my knee was out of alignment or my toe was not in that one place. Like I didn't, I, I didn't have any awareness of the positioning of my legs until I started doing yoga. It's like that's the physical body unconsciousness or, and then you become aware and then suddenly you have this sensitivity to your physical body. David Data actually mentioned this one time when we were working with him. He said, most people in their subtle body are like, like numb amoebas. <laughs> they're just these like bulbous, like I have no, I, I, I have a physical body, but I have no idea what it's doing. I don't know what it feels like. I don't know how yeah. to, I don't know how to work with it. So there's, there's some of that, but I'm talking about an energetic body that's even bigger than like sort of the, uh, the one that surrounds the physical body. You know, I'm talking about the one that's like present in the space uh, altogether. And, and then amazing things happen in the rehearsal hall or on set related to that. Like, it's like, I don't know. If you want. I, I one, one woman I knew called it the hum or like, you know, uh, the flow, whatever you want to call it. There's like a, there's something happening. And if you kind of tune into it, like, wow, there's, um, the universe is trying to like constantly manifest little miracles, you know, and mm. you can like tune into those on a, on a creative process. It's like things just like, you know, these little things pop. Um, and it's just amazing. You just have to stand back in awe. Cause you're like, I didn't do that. I've participated in it, but <laughs> that was, I can't yeah. take that. I cannot take credit, you know? So anyway, I love that. too far off on a tangent there. No, that's great. And we'll, um, just to kind of close things off, yeah. this other question kind of came up. Just um, wondering if you'd be willing to share just any piece of media in terms of a film, or stage play, theater show you saw, music that just had an impact on you and your transformation or your person. Um, I'd be really curious if you'd be willing to share one. From any, from any period of time? Yeah, really, from just any, you know, uh, going as far back as you can remember up till, you know, today, this morning. That's a good, good one. I know I've said that about all your questions, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. Huh. Well, you know, I think... Uh, Stewart was a great influence on me. Our buddy this Stuart is, Davis. Yeah. yeah. Musician, right? Yeah, musician. I don't know, just just in the way that he unabashedly, you know, approaches his his work and his performance. And seeing him perform live was like for the first time, first couple of times was really an incredible experience uh for me. Uh an inspiration. I think also Theatrically, I remember going to see um, – there's a theater company in Minneapolis that I talk about a lot that a lot, a lot of people know, um, Theatre de Jeune Lune. And they went, they went under during like the 2008 financial crisis, uh, but they've come back as a company called The Moving Company. And the two people who are at the core of that are this guy, Dominique Sarand and uh, Steve Epp. Steve Epp is the actor. I remember going to see them at the Berkeley Repertory Theater uh, – and they were doing the miser 
which is an old Moliere play. And, um, and I just, I went five times, I think every Sunday for five weeks. Wow. And, um, and I'm a buddy of mine was in the show and I just, you know, so it was cool. I get to hang out and talk to them a little bit afterwards, talk to the cast, but uh, Steve Epp, who was the, the main actor in that just totally blew my mind. Just, uh, there was something about the, the extreme physicality of his performance, the, the way his performance was, could only be done on stage by a stage actor, the way he worked, the way he played with his voice, the way his body, his entire body was an instrument, how like fiercely creative he was with it. Like, like he just did shit that you go, I, who would have thought of that? Who would have done that? It's just, it just blew my mind. And it, and it was, um, I don't know. It's incredible. It's a, he's a force of nature. Um, and the whole thing, just the the whole way, the whole the, it was directed, the images, the images of it, the the kind of poetic nature of it, like uh, it gave me, it thrilled me, and it gave me a lot of inspiration and hope for what theater can be. Oddly, I don't work in that form, that style very much at all. It's it's a rare thing to get to work in. I think that that style, um, but. I would love to do more of that um, as an athlete, a former athlete, like working that physically in the theater or something. That, and, the, and, nice the, and the ritual theater work that I did, the, the Grotowski stuff is, is rigorously physical. Um, and that's part of what like releases those energies uh, from, well, Artaud, one of the great theater directors and acting philosophers of the 20th century you know he said these these energies these energies that you want to unlock as a performer they actually live in your actual organs you have to they you have to unlock energy <laughs> from those body parts you know and you kind of can't wow. get to, you kind of can't get to it from your head you know it just doesn't i like that deep into the flesh and um and then all these these energies come rushing forward it's kind of incredible anyway uh, that's my long version. I, I do want to say just on like a like a PS on the practice note, like the shadow work is so fucking important. Uh, digging into this shit I don't want to look at and dealing with that on a regular basis and sharing it with other people, um, bringing that stuff forward. I just I can't emphasize enough, that enough. If you want one golden ticket to freedom, it's shadow work. You know, so that's just a plug. Yeah. Anybody out there who's got like lots of secrets and <laughs> <laughs> is ready to, yeah, or is repressing a lot. No, get it out, get it out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah uh, I imagine that, I imagine that is the kind of stuff, particularly as an actor that could impact you when there's things you're not willing to feel or turn into or be aware of. Like if, if you're not willing to be with them off the stage, it's not like they're not going to just go away when you're on stage. I'm imagining, right? Like yeah. often, and that's one of the greatest gifts is like when I come up against a block in my acting, it's a block in my life. I, I just go, Oh, I'm, you know, this, this person, like I'm, I'm not able to achieve this moment where this person is expressing this amount of, you know, like for example, I had a, I think I may have shared this story with you. I was doing an audition where somebody was breaking off, a relationship in the play and the guy was staying really open and like present and he had a lot of grace 
and acceptance in the midst of that moment. <laughs> and uh-huh. I couldn't get it. I kept saying the final line like as a question mark, you know, I couldn't like, uh, or I'd get angry about it. And I was like, yeah, it's just, you know, at that time that was where I was at. I couldn't, um, I couldn't accept that kind of loss mm. with any sense, with any sense of grace and, and working on that scene revealed that to me really starkly, you know? Wow. Um, so through the whole run of that show, my, the ritual, practice that I was involved in was attempting to stay open and present in the face of that kind of loss and not get reactive, you know, cause that's what was required to fulfill the play. And the only, I couldn't do it honestly, unless I, you know, I think I achieved it twice out of wow. 30, 30 something performances. I actually was like, yeah, that's what that moment is. And I, I was there, I was really there for it. But, um, anyway, uh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, man. All right. Well, we did that. Yeah, I think that uh, it's a good overview of our man, James, here, who will be doing some interviews of his own. Um, if you're in L.A., he should likely be at at least a few of our meetups. Good person yeah. to come meet face-to-face. And, uh, yeah, my co-founder of Evolving Hollywood, James Wagner. Thanks, brother. Learn more about Evolving Hollywood at www.evolvinghollywood.com. Our music was provided by Robert Alexander of liferhythms.us.